All right, lawyer talk off the record, Blinsky Chronicles. I mean, by now, the I, I think by now the gig is up. If you're listening, you've heard all the great stuff, and it's ongoing. It's going to keep on going. And so we're here again with Jared Blinsky. The man. The man and, and the, the Chronicle man. I love that picture, by the way, of you on that bike, the blurry one. That was a good one. No, I like that one a lot. I mean, was, could you? That was taken by my brother's girlfriend. And we were, that was on a 911 ride. That was on one of the 911 oh. rides. And, you know, that's it. Maybe we got lots to talk about still. We got lots to talk about. I, I brought in 911 ride photos for you guys to see before the, before we had cameras on our phones. You know, some of the old yeah. ones that had to get developed that. Yeah. It's like old school. Yeah. That, it's that not even had. that There's old. some of the goods. It's not that old, but in technology, it, it is. Yeah. It, go, it goes by fast. Now, we were just sort of kicking around. Why on earth? Why on earth do such a thing like the Blinsky Chronicles? Because I think, I, I got to tell you, man, I was drawn to tell, the, I, and it's your life, not even mine, but I was drawn to tell at least where our lives intersected and how we got, how you and I met professionally at first and then, and then where this thing is now. That story just had this sort of redemption value to it to me. That, that, but then I started to think, why the hell tell? Who cares? That, that's where I was at. We, I've listened to a few of these before they've been released. Right, so we're talking right and, now. This and right is now, not dropped. The, 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 yeah. this, is, this, is, this has not been released yet. And you guys are like, this is good. This is a great story. And I listened to it, and at first I am like, that's, I don't know what they like. This is horrible. And maybe everybody should record themselves once in, t- once in their yeah. lives and, and record a story and then listen back to it. Because it makes sense when you're telling it, but sometimes when you hear it, it's just like that sounds horrible. It's like well, nobody likes to sound well, their own voice. Either. Well, no, it's not the voice. To me, it's 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 the storyline. It's like that yeah. that guy sounds like an ass, and it's always that's kind of how what I heard myself. Really? Well, yeah, when I heard a bunch of that, it's just like ah. Well, I mean, you're talking about stuff. I mean, and this is also weird. We should never be off the air. We should always be off the record, but on the air. But anyway, yeah. we were just off the air. And you were talking about this. It's like you, you tell these old stories, and, and you know there was sort of this weird concern somehow that it, we were trying to make it sound cool or awesome or this or that. And they're funny, and we all laughed, and it really is sort of fascinating stuff. But it gets back to this question: Why tell those stories now? You know, years and years and years later. And it's like, is it redemption? Is it this? Is it, you know what is it? Why do it? And. I think that was the uncomfort you had when you listened to it. It wasn't your own voice. It wasn't. It was the stories themselves. Like, man, I I, I sound like a real jackass. Or no, yes, I mean, no, that that, or like a, like a, trying to be a hotshot, or you know, whatever it is. But that's not. It's, that doesn't represent who you are now, or where. Why I guess where it came from. I'm listening to the show, and I listened to the the, the tax for the average shows, and I'm listening to it in the morning, and it got me excited. It I, did. I loved it. I listened to it, and me and Shorty were there. Now. And I was like, "Why don't mine don't sound like that?" I was like, "I want mine to sound like that." And she was like, "Well, Jared, that that really grabs you, and you got has your interest in it because that's what you do every day." She's like, "Every day you run budgets. Every day you go through your bank accounts. Every day you run these lines to to build your business." And that's why it excited me. Yeah. And I was like, "Who's going to want to listen to this?" And I have been told that that people will, will, will listen. Well, I had the same <laughs> reticence. You know, Jeff. Jeff has been talking about. He's a podcast. You're a podcast guy. Dude, podcast. So he listened. Forever. I listened to a freaking podcast before. We just listened to him in the car. And we were like, like, what is this? To federal court, and I listened to a podcast. <laughs> but I, you know, I never really listened to him, and I thought the same thing. Who in the hell wants to hear me, particularly, talk? about me you know, or mm-hmm. anything for that matter you know it's like it's absurd um so i have to come up you know my, my brother listened to it and he just said man i love this you know it's like this little mix of nostalgia this mix of of, of real life useful stuff and, and comedy and everything else you know it's like good storytelling that grounds everybody in this and it's like you know all right if something's if somebody's getting something out of it that's awesome and then we sort of have to ask what are we getting out of it Mm-hmm. And and that's that's where we are. That's what we were talking about. So we just hit record here. But it's like, what are you getting out of it, man? Well, we have no answers. Uh, we we're, we're, we're we're asking the questions that we ask ourselves, and 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 the talk that I've had with myself. You know, going in thinking about the shows, I just listened to it, and some sometimes I just I just didn't know that those were the stories to be told. Mm-hmm. 
and then I ask myself because I've 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 yet to, to tell my my mother and father that, that I'm recording. This. That was going to be my question, and and I'm I'm going to do that uh, Shorty's birthday Sunday. We're all going to go out to dinner, and I'm going to bring it up because I you asked me to come into this podcast, and I said, yeah, I'll come into a podcast with yeah. you. And then we started talking. I was like, "What are we going to talk about?" We'll talk. We started talking about the barbecue, which is good. There's a lot of people. That's the full story of the Route 62 barbecue. Um, and then we just went on. So well, and we, you know, look, as, as Jeff and I, this developed, and we were talking about off the record, off the air, talking about what <laughs> what we're going to do with a podcast. I knew what I didn't want. I didn't want some stiff ass lawyer garbage trying yeah, to sound like either. I'm important or smart or or this other. I didn't want to say, look. Truth be told, I hate lawyers most of the time. Yeah, right? It's like me too. I, lawyers I, are the worst. I do this job somehow. I was drawn to do this job, and that's a whole other topic. But I think you know, if, if somebody really did an analysis of who I am and what it is, it's like lawyers probably not. Uh, or maybe it is. I, yeah. But I've approached it in, or, in order to enjoy it. I've had to approach it from a completely different angle, I think, than most attorneys do. Otherwise, I just wouldn't enjoy it. I, yeah. I, so this podcast right now is more off the air, on the air. And we are off the air. Yeah. We're, we're off the air, on the air. I think what's so crazy about this situation in podcasting, which I didn't realize until we actually sat down and started talking, is you're really sharing who you are and it's there and it's not, you can't pull it back once it's out there. Right. So like I told a story about underage drinking when I was in, I never told my parents that story. I never told my grandparents that story. It's like, they're probably going to hear it on here. And it's like some of the things we say off the air, we might not say here. Maybe we use bad words and things like that. I don't want to be different on this. I want to be myself, but it's like what you're struggling with right now with mom and dad. It's like, but some of myself, my family and people that love me and friends, they don't know that component of me. And well, it's on tape now. You know well, what I mean? And, and when we started, like, it, I realized what I was going to say. When we started talking about what we were going to do here, I got to be honest, man. I, didn't, I don't think I had a name for it yet. I don't think the, the Blinsky Chronicles had not. That's a great name. It's like I didn't have that yet. But I did know that you were going to be part of it in somehow, some way, because I think in a lot, it's like, first of all, you got some awesome stories to tell. Secondly, you're part of our journey, my journey, particularly yeah. getting to this point where I'm sitting around this round table, able to share who I am because it was your case that let me start down that road. Your case that let me stand up in a federal court and almost uh, break down myself, right? Mm. Because I was, I let myself go to a spot where I broke through where, where I, my barriers were gone and I was just going to go there. And it, that was really, I, I danced around the fringes of doing that, but in your case it happened. And mm. it was like this eye opening. It's like, Oh, I see the enjoyment in doing this and how it can be done so effectively. Mm. Th- and, this is lawyer talk, but this is, this is life talk. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Now. I'm, I'm following you. I, I, and, and and you brought me back to the, to the feeling of, of why I'm doing this. When it, right there, when you just said that, it, I, I started to connect. And it is because it did change my life in major ways. Yeah. And it, it changed them for the better. I mean, in major ways. And I, we, we, we do have a story, and we went through it. And there's a lot of people that have stories. There's 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 there's, there's millions of stories everywhere in every in every living room in every house here. Mm. There's, there's stories, and we all have them. Uh, it's just this though. Everybody's got a story, and I'm not saying ours is better than somebody else's, you know. But it's what you do with that story. What music do you make? What what? How does that inspire you in other ways? And I think it takes not. I don't think everybody cares to even do it, to actually contemplate, all right, this this inspired me in this way, so I'm going to make I'm gonna write this music as a result of it. I'm gonna paint this picture yeah. as a result of it. Or I've gone through this this awful time in my life and it's inspired me to create this. 
And I, I think that's why I think that's why we're telling this story. I mean, this is unscripted. We have no script. We've written nothing out. Yeah. It is. It is all just came from us. And as we're recording at points in time, whenever I forget that we're recording is is is, is whenever the is the best is whenever yeah. it comes out. And that's when we're going through it. Is whenever mm-hmm. I forget that we're recording. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so I think about it, and and. If there's somebody out there that is listening that is doing that what I was doing and you're good at it and you haven't been caught yet, you find another medium hmm. because it, there's there's more you will get you will receive more just using your your skills and what you have and, and your knowledge and, right. and movement forward to go on on the right path. It's such a great. It, what's interesting to me is to do what you were doing. You can't be a jackass. You have to have talent you have to have or maybe not you have to have capability otherwise you couldn't have done it successfully and what you're talking to is dudes out there it's like this these we're not if you obviously if you're out committing crimes you want to turn your life around get some help we'll do it right call us but if you're if you're involved like you were or doing like you were and being successful at it and you're drawing whatever sort of external validation from it that you got you're sort of saying you can do it legally, right, and, and get the same validation and feel even better about yourself. I, I didn't have the right team. I didn't have have lawyer friends. I didn't I didn't have accountants. I didn't have you know there was just small points that were missing on the drive here. I, I brought in some photos. I brought in some of catering by Jared. I brought in some you know before the barbecue, and I just am like man, I was so close there. I could have gone on my own. Yeah, you know, I could have I, if I would have just put more into that and it pushed yep. that harder. If I would have had more, if I'd had more knowledge, which it was all my fault for not educating myself. You know that that, that I just just didn't do it. But now I have, I don't and, think- and 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 I've built a team and I'm following the rules and I'm going through with it and it it works. I don't think fault's the right word. Responsibility is the right word. It was all your responsibility, yes. one way or another. Yes, it right? was my so responsibility. It's like fault. Fault has such a all right. A negative. I should have taken more responsibilities responsibility. in my future. Your responsibility for what you did, which is why we're talking here. And then you finally were like, all right, it's time to take responsibility. You still did it all by yourself. Yes. After the fact, right? Yes. Like you're sitting here, success. Yeah. All by yourself. And maybe that's what we're the heart we're getting at, too. You have a responsibility to tell the story. We had a gentleman walk in on Sunday. He has chef's jacket on. Chef Ricky came in and he had a, he had a pan of burritos. Okay, and he's like, "Hey, I got these. I got some. I got." He had. They were breakfast brunch burritos. I, 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 I bought a handful off of. Them. Oh, that sounds so good right now. And I just threw them in the back, and I was like, you know, that guy he's out hustling. I could tell it was probably leftover. He probably got a food truck out. He's probably got something going out there, and and he was going door to door and just selling burritos. Really. And, I'll uh, buy a burrito from so, anybody that knocks on so, my door. Let me well, tell you. Well, that's it. He came to my store. Yeah. You know, he came to the shop yeah. there, and I, and I bought him. And then he, he grabbed one of the car and he wrote his name down and he put it down there. Well, the next day, me and John were opening, and I had brought in some. We ate them cold out of the fridge that I had at work, and yeah. they were the best burritos. They were they were just great burritos. What, what kind of burrito and, are you talking? Um, just eggs, well, cheese, he, meat. He had five different kinds. I took one of each. Nice. It was like $5 a burrito. I'll take one of each. They're bigger so, then, huh? They're, yeah, they're good-sized burritos. We ate them for a couple days. Nice. So then uh, John called him yesterday. I said, because he asked, he's like, where'd you get those burritos? I said, oh, Chef Rick. I was like, his number's up there. So he calls him and orders some burritos. Then he shows up. I start talking with him. Now, I just met the man. He <laughs> he's, he's cooking these burritos out of his house. Now, he's also a chef. He cooks somewhere else. But he's, he's out there hustling. He's trying to make some money. And and I told him I was in the restaurant industry and where I was at, and I, I saw what he had, and I said, you know, I've got some equipment. You need any equipment? He said he wants a storefront. He was he told me where he was looking, and then I told him I've got a hot dog cart that I still have. I've kept it around for the longest time. This hot dog cart is my backup. <laughs> it's relevant to this story. We've it's, talked about the hot, dog it, the hot dog cart is my backup because it's like the FDA comes in and closes down my vape store. This you know what whatever in life happens. I've always had that hot dog cart, and I was like, at any point in time, I'll get it licensed, I'll have my peddler's license, I'll cook something up, I'll be on the street right right out front of your office here, and and I'll sell some soup, I'll sell... It's just always kind of this... It doesn't take up a lot of storage, and and to me, it's sitting there. So then I started talking, I showed him the picture, and he could use that. 
So I said, well, I'll call you. Why don't you come up here? We, our burritos for Saturday. And I said, why don't you come up here when you got some time? And I'm going to bring up some of my old LLC logs, and, and I'm going to show him what you have to do to license a cart mm-hmm. and, and, and where he's got a commissariat and where he's got to go through. So, See, what's interesting about this is you're helping this total stranger out just as a kindred spirit sort of. And, and what's your angle? You making money on this guy? No. No, you're just helping him. But you see, that's it because I'm going to show him what he doesn't. I, as, as talking to him about his business, I can definitely see what he does not know. Right. Okay. So if it costs me ten, fifteen minutes, and I can help him out, maybe I sell him the burrito cart. I don't know. Yeah, but it's well, yeah. Like, I, maybe I keep it. You're selling the burrito cart, but, but that's still. But, but the first thing I want to do is I kind of want to break down a few things to him and just be like, "This is what you're going to need. Do, do this. Run this line here, and for for no other reason." See, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, in a lot of ways, what you were doing with the whole story. Which, here. if I had his phone number with me right now, I would, I would announce it so everybody knows to give old Chef Rick a call. Get Chef Rick burritos. Rick burritos. Are they good, well, they're, they're He said great. he's awesome. They're awesome. He I had a cold the, the board, first time. But then he told me he, he does them three days a week. He's rounded up some clients, and that's what I used to do. In the private, you know, whenever I, I cooked at somebody's house, I was uh, preparing meals for yeah. a week. Well, their daughter or a neighbor came over and had some of the soup they wanted, so then you get another client. Yeah. And... So he's, he's going out, selling some burritos, trying to get some clients and saying, okay, I'll, I'll let you know. that." I, so I think Wednesday he's got a shrimp one. So he's just doing Ooh, different burritos man, throughout, some, throughout the week. He's got some chops. And his homemade salsa is, 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 is great. There you go. And so he, But I get it. I know what he's doing, man. And he's out there and he's hustling. You see, but he's not sitting around. He, he's, 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 he's doing something different than everybody else is doing. Right. That's the, that's the trick. I mean, he's not... I don't, you know, I don't know what it takes to make it in the chef industry, but it's like you're probably most people probably aren't knocking door to door saying, "Here, try my burrito." In fact, <laughs> why know, not? It's like, why not? I, well, it's right. almost like what we talk about in court all the time. It's like, who is? I've never had a person, a vendor, knock on my door and say, "Try my burrito." Never. <laughs> okay, <laughs> never, never. Hot dog, hamburger, none of it. But we always talk about in court. Why do we have to do it like everybody else does it? Let me tell you something. It's like, this, I learned this. That's a, that's a great technique. This is my own disabilities getting in the way or, or helping me because we would go to court early on, Eric and I. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, right? I, I didn't know what the rules were. I had never done this before. And I just, my, call it ADD or ADA, whatever it is, I didn't have, I can't, I, I, it happens to me to this day. I still don't. I'm not able just to go read the rules and figure out how to do it. It's like, I just can't make myself do it. I get anxiety thinking about it right now. It's like, man, read the procedure and figure, I don't even know where to look. It's, it's like this so overwhelming thing. So I would have to go fake it half the time. And, and by fake it, I mean, I'd be prepared for what I needed to do, but then I'm presented with like the obvious crap that I didn't know. And I would always just default to what seems like the best way to do it. And the best way to do it often believe it or not, runs afoul yeah. of two things, what the rule is and how they always do it. Yeah. So I would get in fights with judges all the time. Oh, we never, or prosecutors all the time. We never do it this way. We never do it this way. And I remember just like, it, it was one case in particular. It was a, it was a bullet that was shot from a gun and something, they wanted to bring in a gun or a bullet shot from a gun in a different case. I, it, it was some evidentiary issue and uh, ordinarily, that would have just been handled some other way. And we were with Judge Nodi Miller, of all people. Oh. And uh, she's, the prosecutors, they're jumping up and down and saying, we never do it this way. We always do it blah, 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 blah. Well, this is like my second or third trial. It's like, I don't know how it's always done. I have no idea. I said, look, I don't know how it's always done, but this is the right way to do it. Why wouldn't we do it this way? We can get this problem solved right now. We don't have to worry about it. And all is good in the world. And Judge Miller, the right, I mean, God bless her heart, she, was, she looked and she said, you know, I don't care how we always do it either. Let's just do it this way. And it's it's interesting because you shift into this mode where you've done it your way because it's the right way. You're relying on your own conscience to do yeah. it. And, and that usually steers you in the right direction. Remember old Duncan Whitney out in uh, Delaware? Yeah, oh, yeah. Remember that sign at the at the bench? You go out there for a case. And, you know, Franklin County lawyers traveled to Delaware a lot. He had a big sign up there that said, I don't care how we do it in Franklin County. And, and he's, he was he was not talking to the clients. Right? Yeah, he's talking, he's talking to, to the he's lawyers talking to that are Franklin County lawyers. lawyers. You, you're coming in my courtroom. I have my own way of doing things, which I always liked. I always I, liked Duncan. Well, I, always, I always got along great with him. When I was following Chef Nicky Morris, 
I went up to Bath, Maine. He took me up there. That was a seasonal gig. When he came back, he got a job at the country club, and he was he called me up. He's like, "Hey, I can get you an interview." Got me an interview with the head chef. I sit in there, talk with him, give everything. He before I can meet with him, he's busy. I'm standing waiting for the meeting, and I'm sitting there and I'm reading all the all the prep lists that are there. I'm reading all the banquet lists that are there, and I'm reading everything. And I'm looking at the schedule, see how many people they got working there. Gets me in his office, goes to the interview. Then he puts the paper down. He says, well, if, if we need some help, I got you on file. I'll give you a call. So I go home, get up the next day, put on my chef's pants and chef's jacket and get my knives, and I show up in the kitchen. <laughs> and uh, old Matthew Lassoff, this Cajun chef, he was crazy. He would go crazy. And he looked at me. He's like, boy, boy what are you doing here? I said, chef, I noticed yesterday that you had this going on, this going on, this going on. I noticed that you had this employee and this employee and this employee. I said, I seen all this was not checked off the prep list. And as I can see, it's still sitting there. I'll work today. And if by the end of the day, you don't ever want to see me again, I will never come back on the property. I said, but if you give me a day, I don't even want paid. At the end of the day, I had the job. That's awesome. That's awesome. You know what that is? That's knocking on somebody's door and saying, try my that's my, try, my burrito. That's, that's, that's try my the, burrito. Yeah, that's, 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 that's exactly. That's the connection you have with them. All right, so I got to tell a parallel story then. Did a different universe. I'm showing, uh, I complete my first year in law school. And my dad, who was a law professor, call, or says, all right, all right, I'm going to, what are you doing this summer? I was like, I don't know. I've always like been a maintenance man, you know, or banging nails or something. So I was like, I better get it. My buddies all have jobs, and I got no plan. So he, he says, look, I'm going to. I don't even know if I asked him or he just did it and called me. I can't remember how the connection was made, but I, he's like, yeah, yeah I've, I've, I told this guy named Bill Meeks and Sam Shemansky about you. And, uh, you know, I think they're going to, they'll give you a job this summer. Just give him a call. So I called and calling up there at that time, you might as well have been calling like the IRS, <laughs> right? Or the Bureau <laughs> of Motor Vehicles or so, it's like, you ain't getting through. So I leave a message. No. What call. do I know? It's like I'm 21 years old. Yeah. Leave a message with a law. I expect a return. No. No. Eh, give it a couple of days. I'll call again. No. A couple of days more. Call again. No. And by now, my buddies are like all working, and I'm sitting there a week and a half into this thing, calling, calling, calling. And finally, and then I would get this return call at like midnight <laughs> from Bill Meeks. <laughs> Steve, Steve, Bill Meeks here. No emergency. Uh, give me a call and you get a chance to leave his number. And now I looking back, I know what that is. That's like he's calling at a time he knows he's not. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah, yeah. So then the problem that goes on for a couple more days. And finally, it's like you know what? <laughs> Screw this. I put on my best suit. I put on a white shirt. Suspenders were cool back then. I put those on too. Put on a tie, and I showed up here at five eleven South High and went upstairs and knocked on the on the door. And uh, they're like they looked at me like, who the hell is this guy? And I said, yeah, I, I just. Uh, I'm just going to be working here. <laughs> be you working. did? Yeah, I just showed up. And, and and Sam was like, oh, you're John's son. I said, yeah. He goes, yeah, yeah, we, we talked to him. Um, all right, well, come here. Just organize these five. And next thing I know, I'm working. You're working there. there. Right? I'm working there. Yeah. I didn't talk to Meeks for weeks. But yeah. I, was, I was working there. It was the same thing. And I just started, it was like, start doing what you do. That's how I got the job at the lakes. Yeah. I was up there. They were building the course and building the building. We'd ride our dirt bikes in the area. We'd walk through construction when the construction workers weren't there before they built the clubhouse. And they got closer. Me and this kid Brett were out there, and we walked into the building, get in this elevator. I pushed the button because it had a star on it. Ding, the door's open. I'm standing there, kind of looking, and, oh, no, you're here to fill out applications. This little German guy comes running up. That was Ziggy Osbach. And I was like, fill out applications. He's like, yeah, you're here to fill out applications. I was like, yes. Yes, we are. We are here to fill out applications. And me and Brett, both, yeah. evidently somebody else was coming. I don't know. We filled out applications. We got the job. I went home. I was like, "Hey, I just got a job up there at the country club, washing dishes." Yeah, that's it. There you go. And and then it's all about being completely unorganized, but interested. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like. Yeah. I wasn't organized enough to figure out even who to call or write a letter or do any of that. So I was just like, you know what? I, I don't even know if I'm doing this right or wrong. I'm just going to show up. And next thing you know, you're working. So you I never had a show up moment. When I interviewed here with Eric, because I hadn't met you yet, 
I came in, I was scheduled an interview with Eric. I sat down. Eric didn't ask me anything related to law school, my grades. He just, he sat down, he looked at me and he's like, what kind of music you listen to? So I kind of, you know, suggested some of the music, probably suggested some of the music I thought he listened to because I wanted him to like me. You know what I mean? And uh, I remember I forgot my umbrella. So the meeting ended and he was in the middle of it. He's like, look, I don't even know if we have a place for you here. I don't know if we have a desk. I don't know. I was like, I remember this is maybe somewhat what you guys are getting at. I looked at the corner and I said, you see that corner there? You put me in that corner and I'd be happy to work right there. You don't have to pay me a dime. You know what I mean? This is, this is college credit. This is law school credit. So I remember saying that to him and he kind of laughed. And this was, this was the mistake though. I walk out and I'm like, all right, I think that went pretty well. And I really wanted to do criminal defense. My wife is from Columbus. So we planned on coming to Columbus and I walked outside and it was pouring rain. I was like, shit, I forgot my umbrella in that room. <laughs> so I went back, back, I'm knocking on the door. Eric hands me my umbrella and he's like, forgetful, not a good start. <laughs> yeah. But somehow I got through it. Well, so I guess here we are back here. And so maybe this is why I, I don't know what the hell we're talking. What, about. what we talked about was we, we had to turn the mics on because I asked you. I said I asked my. This is a question I asked myself. Maybe I'm trying to answer it. Why do I make compromising decisions? And by that, why, you mean- just throughout my whole life, I have seen where if you do nothing, it don't worry about anything. But if you make that decision. So why do I make compromising decisions? Well, maybe it's because I decided to get it on an elevator that got me in to see Chef Ziggy Allspark, yeah. a top chef. Where you asked at one point, you said, "How do you get in the restaurant business? How do you how, how do you move up? How do you?" I just walked into an elevator, and then I went mm. to an interview that I had some good work. You know, I had a decent resume looking at, and so I just showed back up the next day. I, so that's compromising. That's trespassing. That's walking into somebody. See, compromising that's, isn't the right word. That that's just not dawned the, uh, to me. That's not the right word. It just dawned to me what's going on here. I got a buddy, uh, Dan O'Neill. I went to law school with him. And he is the most positive, energetic, just healthy guy. Right? It's, like, it's like he's very ambitious, but he also takes his own responsibility for everything. Real, real fascinating type of guy. Um. He was a lawyer for a brief moment in time and then ended up in the corporate world and ended up as, I think, chief legal officer somewhere or another in the insurance. I don't know. He's probably listening saying, you don't know anything about me. But anyway, he he once said something to me about the people that were working under him in the corporate world. And he said, listen, just do something. I, <laughs> I can't fix inaction. I can't fix that. Yeah. You do something, even if it's a mistake, I can always fix that. But if you just sit down and do nothing, you've got nothing. I can't fix inactivity. It is the worst thing you can do is just Mm. sit there out of fear or out of concern or out of what everybody's going to think of me if I do this or any other reason. Usually they are sort of these self-imposed restrictions. If you just do nothing, you get nothing. Nothing ever happens. And you might have a at least a passable existence, but – you ain't going to get the top chef job, mm-hmm. right? You ain't going to get, uh, I'm not going to get to work for Bill Meeks or I'm not going to get to do this or I'm not going to get to do that. Or you, you have no experiences ever. And uh, if you, I think this isn't about a compromising decision. We're just doing something. We're just pushing it forward. You yeah. know? I mean, we're out there. We're moving forward. You're telling your story. Parents don't know. World doesn't know. Business people don't know. But you haven't got to this spot by being conservative yeah. about that's, stuff right I yep. mean, it's like no no yep. she, that, that was another thing shorty said too she was like this she was like jared you don't really care she's like you know that she's like you tell people all the time she she's do you th- not really care there's two well i mean i, I you're gonna say there's there's there, two people that matter there's two right. people that matter right i get it and that's fair yeah. right that's there's nothing there, wrong with there that. there's two people that matter yeah. that uh have been there <laughs> for me yeah. through thick and thin all right that so, i that that i guess that's really that's it because i was i was blessed with great parents and they love you and they love me and i love them and they're still gonna love you and yeah you're not maybe not how <laughs> <laughs> they will yeah they're still gonna love you they they're will. still gonna be there and you think anything by now is gonna surprise them 
Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think they, they know most of this. Like, They've overheard most of this stuff. What are you they know. Me, going to yeah, the library? No, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll tell Dad. Maybe he doesn't say nothing. I could just see him being like, "Why are you doing it?" Well, of course he'll say that because he wouldn't like, do it. Why, why? Yeah, exactly. Right. He wouldn't. He would. He wouldn't do it. My dad asked me. He goes, how, "What is this now? How do I? How do I get this? Po- oh, I don't listen get this, to this podcasting. Thing. You know, he's he cast say, pod. He said, "Listen." He didn't say that. You said, "Listen." He goes, "How do I? How do I? How do I see this?" Oh, I was like, "You don't see it." Looks at you. Pause. Yeah. I was like, "It's audio, Dad. It's like radio. It's a podcast. It's like internet radio." And he goes, "Oh, I've been trying to click on it <laughs> on your on your." He goes, I had this, <laughs> "On your picture, this Facebook thing." He goes, "How do you?" How do you? But I think when, when and if he hears this, he's probably listening. I don't think he would have done this either. I mean, not not the way I'm doing it anyway. I mean, it no. would have been it would have been his way, no. and that's cool. But this is my way. Yeah. And you know what? What have our parents? What have I done as a parent if my kids do it my way? You right. Know, it's like I, that ain't cool. That's right on the money. I had, that's the problem we have right now with kids. I just talked with my youngest today. I was, I'm not gonna. I just talked with my youngest today. And you know what we're reading? I, I read books to my. I, I still do it at night. He's 11. I still read to him at night. I just it's fun. So, so I'm, you got like a novel that you guys you know yeah. clear out a chapter tonight? Yeah, or try to get through it. Uh, we are reading a John Grisham book wow. written for kids. Oh, he's got this series written for kids. And I was at the bookstore buying something for my oldest son who lost his book or something happened. So we had to go to the bookstore and buy one. So it's, I, it's hard to get mad because I've done the same crap. I kind of lost everything. But he, uh, I see this book as we're buying this and it's this Grisham book because I'm going to read it. I don't want to read that. It's like, trust me, guys, you'll like it. This guy's got a lot of good stuff. Ah, it's lawyered. Ah, we, I don't want to be. A, well, I started reading the book to him. And now he's fascinated. Oh, right? yeah. He loves it. So it's a Get criminal here, read. murder case. Nice. And we just finished this chapter where the prosecutor gets up there and gives his opening statement on this guy who's accused of murdering his wife. And then the defense lawyer gives the opening statement. And I find myself reading this out loud to him. And I was making up half of it as I was going because I knew what I would do. Yeah. Yeah. And, oh, uh, that's awesome. And he's like, are you making this up or are you reading this? I said, a little bit of both. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit of here, a little bit of little salt and pepper on it here. And and you're, you're falling into a weird place, though, with this. So he goes, we're, we're going to school today. And he goes, Dad, give me, give me another fact pattern where you can do, like, the opening statement. Wow. And this is on the way to school. Wow. And then I, so I said, well, now let's not do that, man. Let's, let's do it your way. You, you give me an opening. He goes, I don't know how to do it. I said, all the better. You can learn how to do it. And yeah. I started to explain to him how I do it. And we had the same conversation we're having right here off the record, but on the air or on the air and, and on the air or on the whatever it is right here. <laughs> and it's funny that we've come back to this because I was like, look, man, here's the thing. If you are a lawyer in law or a law student in school and they're teaching you how to do this and you show up at your class where they're teaching you trial stuff, they would tell you something like this. An opening statement is not evidence. Or a, a good yeah. good morning, ladies and gentlemen yeah. of the jury. I am Steve Palmer. I represent Mr. Jones over here. He is accused of a very serious crime, murder. And Mr. Jones uh, has pled not guilty, and that's why we're here today. And I want you to know, and the judge will tell you, an opening statement yeah. is not evidence. Yeah. In fact, nothing I say here is evidence. Yeah. And let's and talk about the elements of murder. The elements Here's of murder what they have are, to prove. are uh, well, anyway, yeah, whatever you would just go through all this now. Exactly what not to do, and that really is. And, Ma- and Matthew's like, "Well, I, I, and I said, but don't do it that way, buddy. You don't do it that way. So you can start that way, but you can't learn to follow the rule. You, you can't learn to follow the rules your way until you learn the rules. Mm-hmm. So you have mm-hmm. to learn the rules, then you can follow them your way. I didn't go so far as to say break them, although yeah, man, that's a component of it. Yeah. So he's like, "What would your opening statement be?" And I said, "Well, here's the interesting thing, man." I would first figure out what what I wanted to tell them. What do I want to say? Or what's the most important part? Because, you know, you get like 10, you get five minutes of attention out of anybody before they stop listening. And um, and I told them my, my technique to do it and how it was. And it came out so much differently than everything else because we don't do it the way everybody else mm-hmm. does, Matthew. <clears throat> I was like this. And he goes, well, I'll do it that way. I said, no, man. I said, you can't do it like me. You're right. You can't. You got to do it like Matthew. Yeah. That's how you got to do it. You got to do it like you. you. I said, when you get to the point, say, my job, son, is to teach you the rules and make you follow them until I just can't stop you from breaking them your way. You know, it's yeah. like, I got I to gotta make sure you know them and then you can start following them your way and then off you go. What's interesting about this is you and your father might at times do things differently. 
but I can't think of anyone else that had evidence rules reviewed with them when they were at the dinner table when they were kids. And what are you doing right now? I've taken it to a level you've, that he wouldn't even comprehend. But but you're still doing it. I'm still doing it. You know right. what I mean? But he, it's it's completely different. He goes, well, you can't do it. I said, well, shit, I can't do it. I'm doing it in my trial. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, we're doing it. You guys got to get, um, I think it's Warrior Kid from Jocko. He's a Marine that wrote a book for kids. Oh, yeah, you told me about About, this. you know, standing up for yourself and fixing your problems. And it's really, uh, we should just get it because everything we talk about with our kids and what we want to teach them and how we don't want to give everybody a trophy and all this stuff, it's 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 perfect for that. Yep. Yeah. All right. So we're, I talked about myself again. It's so selfish. Well, that's what this is, I guess. Right. Just, just ask. Just ask my ex. But I think... Overall, what we're talking about is well, <laughs> just ask my. You can't leave that. Uh, I think what we're talking about was think about, and this is something I've struggled with in my own life. Think about all the things you could accomplish if you didn't care what everybody else thought. Yeah, I mean, and yet that's what governs us too. It's like we're, we're gregarious at the same time. We, we want to do it our way, so it's a it's a constant conflict, which is why we're doing stuff like the Blinsky Chronicles. So your, your parents are going to find out about this at dinner. Where are you guys going to eat? Or are you making something? No, I, we're, we'll go somewhere. Yeah. No, no place picked. The birthday girl can pick, which means that I'll, I'll end up picking someplace. Yeah. yeah. Good chance it'll be like Ted's Montana Grill. Is that good? Really? There? Yeah, no, that's good. Is it good? Oh, it's yeah. It's a chain, right? Well, yeah, the the very first one was right down near the near the arena. That's a first that, that was the first Ted's Montana there. Grill. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's all, it's all of Ted's, Ted, Ted's bison. There you, know, you go. That's he, so good. He's too. got property. He can ride his horse from Canada all the way to Mexico without leaving his property. I'd love to go hunt those things. CNN worked out well for the man. Hmm. Yeah, man, that's amazing. So you're gonna you're gonna lay it on him. I bet your dad he might, he's gonna have some shock about that. Like, what what are you doing and why? So what do you tell him? What's your answer? I have I I have no idea. I I don't I know. I, well, I'm not thinking of anything. I'm just gonna tell him what happened. Yeah, it's how we were stated at the first one. You said come down to a podcast. I came down. We talked a little bit of barbecue, and we have our relation. We we, we went. I did, and I think you did. It was very. It's. It. I think that's it. It's, it's very emotional. Hmm. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, yeah. It's 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 very emotional, and these stories. Some of these stories I'm telling are 20 years old. Yeah. You know. So, you know, I mean, and, and at best 10 years old. Hmm. So it's, it's not things that I talk about every day. Yeah. It's not, you know, I mean, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not my life anymore. But I think. And so then you start ta- talking about them and start, and then, and so now I am not the same guy that did those stories. So as I hear the stories where I'm at today, I just, I'm like yelling at myself, like hmm. you fool. I mean, yeah. you really. Yeah, you fool! It almost gets to the point where it's not that funny anymore. No, it's right? not that funny. Right. It's yeah, like it you're, you're an ass, right? It's yeah. like you, you were no, you, you weren't an ass. You were just a kid. That's how, that's. I look back at the stuff I did that I used to giggle about, and I'd be like, "It's really not that funny to me well, anymore." You're that's just, but it you're just a as kid. well. There's a lot. I'm I, I'm lucky that I'm alive. Yeah, you are. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky that I'm alive in multiple, multiple, multiple situations. Yeah. Multiple stories, things that I just cannot believe that I, I. Why would I do that? But because of all those things, you were able to grab Chef Rick or whatever his name is and say, "Hey, man, this is this is how you got to do this." Because of all those trials that you've had and all those even bad choices at times that you made. You know what I mean? It made you who you are. So you can't apologize for that. Yeah, for no, sure. yeah. no, I'm I, I, I am me. Yeah. I, I am who I am. Yeah, but and, I think uh, what you what you're getting at before we got on the air was, I want this story to be told because I want people to think about the choices that they're making, and I think when I when I live this, listening to you tell some of those stories, and we still got more to come, I think you're going to have moments, and I've had them at podcasts where I'm late I'm late coming into the office because I want to listen to the next five five minutes. I, well, I understand that, and, and there's something to so that. So my brother in law, he's been listening. Shorty's your number. Right. She, you know, she's president of the fan club. We had a maker. Yes, we yes. Had a, officially, she, she, let's just say it right, right now. Oh, she's awesome. I vote Shorty president. Shorty is president. That's, she's that's been commenting. Three, that's, she that's always thumbs up our vote. stuff. Yep. And so her brother-in-law, he uh, works pipeliner, middle high pipeliner, gas lines, and he works with crews. Well, sometimes, and he's played a few, and he's suggesting to a number of his guys, especially, he's like, hey, you should listen to the DUI 360s. 
You, well, you, there we go. Just, there just go. to his team. He was like, if you just listen to these, it makes you think. Let's go through with it. And he's like, man, I can't wait. I can't wait to play these for the guys. I tell. He's like, I tell guys all the time. My brother-in-law, he's got stories. He's got crazy stories. <laughs> and he says to Shorty, he's like, for a while he uh, was out in California. He came back before he got a place. He, stayed, he, he lived in the basement of my house. He stayed with us for, for a number of months. And uh, he was like, I remember one night I hear the bike pull in. Next thing I know, I run out. Jared's washing bloods off his hands in the sink. And I'm like, what's going on, man? And he just looks at me and is like, it just started. <laughs> <laughs> and that story, I was like, I was like, washing blood off my hands. And then, then the story came back to me. And uh, it's, it's, it's a story of, of owning a business. It's a story of employees. So I have an employee, we'll call him Mr. G. Mr. Mr. G. G. Young man, young man, good guy. I used to work with him at Little Turtle. And that was before we had the, the, before we had the barbecue. He's, uh, young, he worked there when he was in high school. Now he's out of high school. He's a young man in his 20s. And he's about, I'm six foot tall. And he's taller than me. I don't know how. I mean, he was, he had, he was that, and, and he worked out. He was he was a nice good lad though, and the purchase had just happened at the Country Club Little Turtle where we all worked at by an old manager had just bought the place. He had had an open house, invited all kinds of people and old employees out, and had an open bar. I was at the barbecue getting a truck loaded up. We had a wedding on site wedding where I'd take my smoker. We had to go to the crew full wedding in licking in uh, licking where do they was it. Looking at Lincoln Lincoln County. County. No, over there where you rent the cabins. Uh, Hawking, oh, Hawking, Hawking, yeah. Hawking Hills. Yeah, Hawking Hills. Right. So I'm at work. I knew that this party was going on. I ride my bike to the club. About the time they're wiping up, people are closing down. Now, Greg, Mr. G, <laughs> Mr. G had been there. And he was there, and there was a group of kids, and everybody's running out and running around. And uh, I showed up. I don't even know if I had a drink there. I don't know if I had a beer. I might have had a beer. I, I, I talked with the owners, talked with some people. It was clearing out. I'd been at the barbecue all day. Still was in my barbecue shirt. So we decided to go to a local tavern nearby in between Johnstown and, and, and Little Turtle. We go in there. My friend's bartenders. It's a big good night. It's like a Friday night. And Mr. G has is, been—he's—he's—he's he's, he's under the influence, and he is—he's—he's—he's hopped up, man. He's <laughs> hopped up, and something's going on. And he throws a stool in the bar, just like throws it down on the ground. I think he's waiting for a drink. They're really busy. He's trying to flag down a drink. They haven't come to him yet. He throws his flips, just flips the stool over. Now, the bartender's a good friend of mine looks at me and points to him. Like, is this your dude? Yeah. <laughs> this is on you, dude. He's like, is this your dude here? Because yeah. I showed up with him all, and I was like, this, all right, come on. I'm like, hey, man, come out here. I pull him outside to try to calm him down and talk to him. I'm like, hey, man, you really need to calm down. You can't be in there throwing shit. Next thing I know is I'm on the ground. He's got me. And he is, and, and I'm trying to get away, and he's got me in a chokehold. I'm on the grass behind this the bar. He's a big 6'3 guy. He's a big guy. Yeah. And, he's, and I'm getting to where you start to see the light breathe in and out, like right. I'm yeah, about yeah, to yeah, go yeah, out. Go out right. And he's got me on the ground. He's on top of me, and I reach over with my mouth on his inner thigh, and I bite. <laughs> and I just bite down on him. And he's like a yelping dog. He's up grabbing his thigh, and he's looking down at his thigh, and that's when I land him whack right in the nose, full punch, as hard as I could. Bam, his nose bust. He's bleeding all over the place, and I'm like this. He's on his butt. I'm like, holy cow, I can't believe this. I turn to walk away. I get about a handful of steps, boom, to the back of my head. He hit me. He, he got up. Came he up came. And... He came after me. Hit me in the back of the head. Boom! I'm on my back. I'm on the curb, and he's coming at me. I stand up. I pull a blade. Click. And I'm like, "You come at me. I'm going to stick you." And we're standing there. And then all of a sudden, their commotion had been seen. So. Bartenders are coming out. Some girl's calling 911. I have blood on me and a knife in my hand. To the bike I go. <laughs> bop, 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 bop. 
race home. Now, this young man is also supposed to be at the wedding. He is one of my servers. He's a big guy. Got to load tables. We got. We were doing a yeah, catering event. Yeah. He he works works for me. So this is this is a guy. I, I'm short staffed. Okay, and now I run home. I'm washing my hands off in the sink, and here comes my brother in law. Hey, Jared, and I'm washing blood off of my hands, and he's like, "What happened?" And I'm like, "It just begun," which it has. I left. Next thing I know is that I get a call. So his car was parked in front. There's people parked on the side of the road, double-sided road. There's a lot of white fence in the area. All right. <laughs> All right. That part of town and where there's lots of white A lot, a lot of white fence. So he goes to back out, and he hits the car that's parked behind him, goes to pull forward, hits this car in front of him. Next <sighs> thing you know, he takes off screeching, goes, doesn't make the corner through two white picket fences. <laughs> the police have been called. When the police have been called and I ran, he decided to run as well. I went home, and I'm getting calls from people that are at the bar. Those brown rod friends. I know the people yeah, that are running the bar. Yeah. And they're telling me he just hit two cars. The cops are out. I don't know. I'm telling, so now I'm telling Shorty and, 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 and Micah this story. And as I'm telling it, I'm getting calls from the bar that he hit. I was like, now he wrecked all this and hit this. <laughs> <laughs> and I get done with the story, and now this is probably one thirty, one little after gotta, one in the morning. You guys are both drinking. And uh, well, no, I had been at the barbecue. Okay. I mean, I had been. Uh, well, I'd had two beers. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> the two beers, I probably man. had two beers, but yeah. really, I hadn't had much more than that. I'm sure I did. There's usually Jim Beam whenever I. I can't do that anymore either. I don't know how I did that either. But right. so now I get a phone call. Mr. G. And and he's apologizing to me and he is like I'm like, where are you at? He's like, I'm near a cornfield. And I'm like, go in the cornfield. Get away from your car, run in the field. Because <laughs> we can tell some other stories, that's my move. Ditches, fields. That's my that's my yeah. that's my mo, yeah. bro. Yeah. I go lay in the dirt. They just don't move. They can't see you. Next thing, I hear some other voices. I got them on speakerphone. Shorty's there, and we hear, "Are you all right?" Somebody, another car is pulled up to where he's at. Are you all right? Because now he ran through two fences. He's got a board sticking through the front. This is true. I'm <laughs> a gonna, wait, wait, just keep there, but wait, there's more. Huh? So they're like, "Did you hit a deer? Did you hit a deer?" And then he's like, leave me alone. Next thing you know, it sounded like he's about to get in a fight with some rednecks. <laughs> he's out somewhere. He, what he was trying to do was go to the barbecue. Oh, and somehow he got lost. Somehow. Now, I tell him to stay where he's at, find out where he's at. Phone hangs up. I'm like, I don't know what happened to him. <laughs> it's dark. Next thing I know, at like 3.30 in the morning, I get a call from his brother, who also did some more work for us and he tells me that his brother's at hoover reservoir he's got to change a tire on a car because one of the tires is blown out now it's about three o'clock in the morning but what we didn't know until tell i saw the car which was i wish i still had photos of this it's unbelievable he had two blown tires that he had ran off it's three o'clock in the morning. Remember you talking about Hoover Reservoir? Yeah. So now he started in the area of white picket fences, out to a cornfield somewhere. Don't know where that was at. Right, wrong direction. Okay, wrong direction. Now he's at Hoover because his parents lived in Westerville, so he must have been trying to get back home there. Yeah. Calls his brother. His brother comes in, puts on one spare in the front. So they come, drive him. They go to the barbecue with the car at three in the morning. On one flat Three wheeling. Oh, so geez. one the wheel, rubber's gone. One it's wheel, the, rim. the rubber is gone, and they drive from Hoover Reservoir <laughs> to, to Johnstown. That's like, like a and then he calls me at least thirty five minutes. And and I was like, he, they call me. They're like, we're at the barbecue. And I'm like, what do you mean you're at the barbecue? I was like, why would you, drove bring in my yeah, and so the car the tire had had run to where the side of this car has got like smoke tire rubber just gr- <laughs> and the wheel was ground down because it's a front wheel drive yeah. car so they had two on the front one in the rear Drag, can you drag imagine it, riding drag it along. and how and i'm like how did you guys you guys drove by new Albany? you guys drove through route 62 there's state highway patrolmen all over route 62 right. i was like and through johnstown to park the car 
like two days later, his dad comes to get the car, busted out front windshield. Well, at one point in time, the bar had gone through. The bar was still in the back. He had kicked the windshield out. <laughs> okay. So now. All without running into uh, no, any, no, any blue No badges. trouble. No trouble at all. Now, he did get, I'm pretty sure he got, he got hit and skip. Yeah. Whenever he hit those two cars, people got his license plates. Yeah. And you got to remember, he had already hit two cars. So there had to be a call out in the area. Oh, yeah. How did they miss he spark flying yeah. two in the morning, <laughs> three-wheeling, no windshield, board sticking out of the side? How they missed all of that is beyond me. Well, now he's... What isn't beyond me is that now I've been talking on the phone at 4 o'clock in the morning, and I've got to be at the barbecue by 6. Mm. So yeah. now we're firing and you got up. And a piece down. of evidence sitting in your parking lot. And then his brother was unable to make it. So now I'm down two employees with this crazy-ass car yeah. sitting in the parking lot. doesn't matter because I'm loading up the Drango. I'm loading up the smoker, the charcoal, because we got to do on-site cooking there, too. We had to cook off the potatoes and everything, had them ready to go. The sides are going – then we get up there. I call a good friend of mine. Great. He was a server. He was, he's a, he's a salesman. He, he, he said, sells wine. I'm like, Hey Jeff, I need some help, brother. And he shows up. Now this was also a friend was the wedding. It was, it was, was, I knew whose wedding it was. And, uh, Jeff shows up to this wedding. I was like, he's like, what should I wear? I was like, just, you know, we're catering khaki shorts and a mellow yellow (laughs) t-shirt khaki shorts and a mellow yellow t-shirt i'm like you gotta change the clothes he's like no just barbecue right and so we've got we've got photos and that's why i brought some shorty was looking for him because he had these white plastic gloves on that so he had these jazz hands and you got pictures of him like filling the food on the buffet line We're in the old mellow with, yellow. With, with this mellow yellow tastes good nobody cares at a wedding and i was just like so so that's here if you want to start a business get ready for that because that's not in the manual that you're gonna that, that, that's how it's gonna start that's how it's gonna roll and i had almost kind of forgot about that story until Michael was like, I can't wait to hear some of them stories. Yeah. Because he lived some of them and saw them. And. See, this is why when you said Chronicles, I have no idea how far this goes or where it ends, but it could go on forever. Oh, no. I mean, this could go on forever. Yeah. But, At well, one point in time, it must end and we, we start new Chronicles. Well, I mean, that's happening <laughs> as we go, right? Absolutely. That's as we go. But, all right, so I think this is a nice little interlude to explain why. Here on Lawyer Talk, we might be interested in telling this story. Or might, you might be interested in telling this story because I don't know. Well, we'll get the we'll get we, the rundown we had, we after had to end Sunday. It with some sizzle. We we'll get the rundown some, after we, we Sunday. We had to end it with a little sizzle. So this is a good place to end it. We'll be there, there's more to come really soon here on the Blinsky Chronicles at Lawyer Talk off the record, but on the air until now.